0: Why don't you stand on your feet? We're gonna jump into the Bible. And uh, sex is biblical, in case you're wondering. Praise the Lord. Uh, My name's John, I'm one of the pastors here, that's what they tell me. And uh, we are in the midst of a series called The Awakening. Everybody say, The Awakening. We're going through the book of Acts. We're looking at this incredible move of God that happened in the book of Acts. We've also looked at incredible awakenings that have happened throughout modern history, uttering the refrain that inspires us with hope that if God did it before, he can do it again. Lord, that's our prayer. Last week, we talked about the secret weapon to making it in this life, the gift of teshuvah. Anybody remember what that means in Hebrew? repentance all to y'all that's awesome I feel great this we're off to a great start repentance we talked about repentance if you missed it you can check it out on our podcast or our YouTube channel this week I want to talk about a specific area of repentance of this mind and heart change this return that I feel is apropos in this moment as a culture and as a people so if you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 verse 42 turn to your neighbor and say get ready And if you don't have a Bible, Sky Bible is on the screen for your viewing pleasure. Catching us all up to speed, Jesus told his disciples that he had an incredible mission for them, but they were supposed to wait in Jerusalem until they received power from on high. Then they were going to go and be his witnesses. The Holy Spirit falls, tongues of fire pop up on their heads. They start speaking languages that they did not know before. Freak me out. There's Jews gathered from all over the world. They hear people speaking in their native language. They come to the only rational conclusion apparently they could come to, which is these guys are drunk. True story. Peter gets up and he says, They're not drunk. It's nine in the morning. We don't live in a college town, okay? That's not what's happening right now. And so he says, This is the Holy Spirit. This is what God promised. He would pour out his spirit. He preaches about Jesus. The people are cut to the heart, it says, and they respond and say, What must we do to be saved? They're transformed. God adds 3,000 people to the church that day. It's amazing. It's exciting. It's incredible. And this is what happens next. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Everybody say, wow, wow. At the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts and from house to house, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Would you join me as we pray? Jesus, help. Amen. Find your seats. Smile at a neighbor, we're gonna jump into the Bible, and I'll begin as I often do with a question, and the question is this. Have you ever been called selfish before? Anybody ever been there? Okay, let's be a little bit more honest. Were they right? Okay, some of you, you're poking your spouse right now. That is not the way you do it, okay? I remember my freshman year of college at the University of Florida where the sky is blue and the sun is orange so we know who God roots for and college football will come back eventually and I will celebrate it. But right now, that's not the point. I remember being there and... um and I was getting discipled by this guy. I was a freshman in college. I had a whole history of not following Jesus big time. Then I met Jesus, he changed my life, he changed my heart and I was getting discipled. I was, there was a guy that was older than me and so we were kind of walking together on this Jesus journey and he was helping me grow and we were encouraging one another. Is that little baby Max? Oh my goodness, that boy is cute. Sorry, totally distracted, that's awesome. All right. First time in church, so I just had to make sure he feels welcomed and, you know, celebrates and himself and his baby. So anyways, I was there. I don't even know what, what was I talking about again? Selfish. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and so I was like, you know, I was really wanting to follow Jesus. And so I asked this, this guy, I said, hey, his name is George. I said, hey, George, what's an area that I can really focus on to grow in? And, you know, I'm thinking, like, you know, like, man, you could worship a little more passionately, you know, do the windshield washer thing when you go, like, take it up to the next level. Or I'm thinking, like, you could read the Bible more, like, memorize more. Right? I have all these, like, real spiritual things in mind. And he's like, oh, man, that's a great question. Do you want me to be honest? I'm like, of course. Yeah, because I'm a, yeah. And he's like, I think you're a little selfish. And my initial response was, how dare you? And he's like, I mean, you asked, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. You tell me. And and so I was like, you know, so I was trying to feign very, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Tell me more about, about this. And he went on to articulate and, and my offense turned into a realization that he was right. And I realized, man, I am kind of, selfish. And and if I'm being quite honest, I am a recovering self-aholic, if you can say it like that. Anybody else can relate to that, right? It's it's sort of our American condition to some degree, and and I remember sort of being uh, a little bit, uh, it stung and it hurt, but it was true. It wasn't something that I wanted. In fact, I wanted to be more selfless. I wanted to be more giving. I wanted to be more considerate. I wanted to be more of an empath and, and empathetic, but it it was, it was where I was at in the moment. And, and thankfully, I had somebody in my life who loved me enough that when invited, he stepped in with a loving challenge. But what about when that selfishness is not challenged? What about when that selfishness is, is valued or even venerated? I, I've had a, a message brewing in my soul for, for several months now, and we had a whole separate planned for this weekend. And, and as we came into this week through conversation and through dialoguing with God, I felt like, I felt like out of his love for us, he wants, this is kind of the moment. And so I shifted my script and, and I'm praying to God that he helps me to communicate it like, like it's in my heart and, and like it's from his heart. But I think we're in danger. And I think we stand in a moment culturally where if not examined, we will with all good heart motives and intentions end up in very bad places because as the scripture tells us, this world has a tide. And if we're not swimming against it, guess what you're doing? You're drifting with it. And so I believe that this morning God is on a rescue mission today because God so loves the world that he gave Jesus, but he continues to give his word to give us life to rescue us from a wasted life and going down a path that is deeply and significantly cultural, but is not biblical. I'll explain what I mean, I've got one big idea. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to jot this one down, and Lord, give me grace to to feed your sheep. I love this church, you love this church. Lord, would you speak, here's a big idea. Your best self is your sacrificial self. That's a, that's, that's a good spot to clap. Your best self is your sacrificial self. Now, let me start here. Point number one is this. The necessity of self-care and healthy boundaries, all right? How many of you are like, yes, it is necessary and important. The necessity of, so, so let me start it like this. For years now, we have been active, vocal, I'm talking about we like Greenhouse, as a family, we have been active, vocal proponents of caring for our souls, of not just being those that do, 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 unexamined lives where we burn out on the inside and we're horrible with our families, and, and, but, but actively examining where we are consistently whole. The vision here at Greenhouse is to help ordinary people, help me out, helping ordinary people become passionate followers of Jesus or disciples of Jesus. There's a lot of things about disciples, but one of the things is that disciples are whole meaning they have an integrated spirituality that affects not just their spiritual health, but their emotional health as well. In fact, this is such a big deal to us that out of our 13 leadership fluencies, 13 areas of aspirational growth that we have as a church, one of our fluencies is called wholeness. It's pointing to this component. Following Jesus means that you are actively and intentionally cultivating a healthy internal life, a healthy soul. We do a lot of things locally with Church United which is a a gathering of some 150 plus churches and pastors that realize we're not in competition with one another, we're actually on the same team and we have the same CEO, his name is Jesus and we might as well start working together on earth if we're gonna all be together in heaven right? Amen to that one. That that kind of makes sense. And so the first thing that we did is we said, man, we want to see God move in our city. We want to see God move in our region. Well, then we need to see God move in our churches. So if we're going to have a healthy region and if we're going to have healthy churches, we actually need to have healthy pastors. And if you don't know this, I know this because I'm one of them. Oftentimes pastors are very unhealthy in their soul. And so our first step was, man, we we've got to care for one another. We've got to pastor one another we've got to have honest conversations and so we started soul care cohorts with the entire focal point of saying let's make sure that we are operating out of a place of health so we're doing ministry out of a place of health so that our churches are getting healthy pastors and that our churches can healthily pastor their city does that make sense the cascading sort of effect there this is important regularly from the pulpit, I'll strongly encourage counseling. I thank God for the gift that is counseling and counselors professionally trained and even better if they're disciples and Christians, followers of Jesus who have a biblical basis for their foundation, and then they have the professional training to boot. I have a Christian counselor that I go see. I just saw mine last week just to check in and say, hey, I feel like I'm doing great, but I don't wanna be surprised when all of a sudden I'm doing bad. So how am I doing? This is something amazing. We talk about the biblical rhythms of rest And Sabbath, how God designed us to to flourish and thrive. There's an incredible book that's been a game changer for me, and I'll throw it up on the screen. It's called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. How many of you have read this before? Really good book that talks about how how do you do human relationships in a healthy way in order that they can thrive and you can thrive and everyone can thrive. All of these things we have been talking about for years now. And I feel that in this moment, there is now another layer needed to the conversation. Point number one is the necessity of self-care and healthy boundaries. Point number two is the dilemma of self-care and healthy boundaries. Here's what I feel. A unique thing happened within the last several years prompted by this pandemic. I think the reality is we're not alone in this greenhouse. We have been having this conversation about internal health and soul health, that you would be healthy, you know, love the Lord your God. Scripture says with all your heart, soul, mind, thank you, Zach, and strength, right? It's, it's, it's all encompassing. The vision that Jesus has for our lives is deeply holistic, right? We have been having, the church has been having, maybe not every church, but a lot of churches have been having this conversation for quite some time. The uniqueness of the pandemic season as people began to experience the carnage and the death and the loss and the anxiety and the sorrow is that the, the larger culture began a conversation about what they call self-care, Now, self-care is what I would call soul care, or sort of the terms mean similar things. But but all of a sudden, we saw uh, mental health skyrocket into the public opinion. We saw going to a counselor get pushed up. And what happened is that our friends who maybe weren't followers of Jesus all of a sudden started having the same conversation that we've been having in church for years. And all of a sudden, we're like... Yes, exact. yes, self-care. Well, actually, I go to a therapist, yeah, and actually, I take time to rest. I have daily rhythm, and all of a sudden, the things that Jesus has been saying and the people of God have been saying, for a long time now, all of a sudden, the rest of culture was doing it, and to be quite honest, we didn't feel that weird anymore. We're like, yes, other people see it. This is great. So we jumped into the conversation, and because it sounded similar, and what I fear has happened is that if we are not careful, and if left unexamined, we'll jump into a conversation that culture has joined and we'll continue to ride with culture in the conversation of self-care without the biblical foundation and mooring that gives it the boundaries that God has intended for our thriving. And so while we start in a similar place with a similar vision and similar language at first, we end up, if not careful, in very different places from where God intended. And I think we're on the way there now. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? The problem with the current narrative, if if we just leave it up to culture to define self-care is that without biblical mooring, our world and culture will take this conversation much further and in a different direction than the Bible intends it to go. Self-care, booming industry, self-help. Books, rows and rows of bookstores. Self-preservation, self-promotion, self-advancement. Do you see a common word in the equation? The prevailing God of this age is self. And now it's being championed and venerated. And followers of Jesus, without realizing it, have joined in the song And the problem is that self-care alone does not lead to your best self. In fact, the scriptures tell us that self-focus leads to self-destruction. Which is why if you follow Jesus, and I realize we're in mixed spiritual company and a lot of you are like, ah, I'm tracking, but I'm not a Jesus follower yet. We're thrilled that you're here investigating God and faith and spirituality. But for those of us who follow Jesus, if you follow Jesus, if you follow the ethos and the trajectory of the New Testament, your best self is your sacrificial self. Why? Because you're following the way of Jesus. I was struck, absolutely struck, looking at the immediate response of the early church to this first sermon to kick this great awakening off by Peter here in Acts chapter two. They hear hear the message of Jesus. They hear the words of Jesus. He says, repent and be baptized. They repent, which begs the question, what does repentance look like? Check it out here in Acts two. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. They were all together, they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions, gave to everyone who had need. Every day they met together and they broke bread and they met all their needs. Their response in repentance was a wholehearted devotion to what? God and one another. A wholehearted devotion to God and one another. It was a loving, it was a consideration, it was a serving, it was a helping of other people. And as everybody looked out for everybody, everybody's needs got met. That's how they did it. And out of this response, (laughs) whoa, that was cool. Out of this response, a church comes alive. Out of this vision this devotion to god and others notice they didn't all get in their little thing and say well man i gotta figure out my life right now i don't have time for you i'm sorry i'm sorry paul i peter i just don't have time for you right now i gotta get my stuff together they did not do that out of their devotion to god and people and i'm sure they were helping one another meeting needs we see it right there out of their devotion to god and people awakening breaks out now let me illustrate this how many of you were involved last week in attending or serving at breakthrough weekends How many of you were involved in that? Was that a good thing? Did you enjoy that? Would you recommend that for other people? Do you think they should do that? Without fail, every time we have these breakthrough weekends, people come back so alive. I remember we've been doing these now for 15 years, and. And I remember back in Gainesville, we had, we had served at a breakthrough. I had a few guys that we were doing discipleship stuff with and we were doing the Jesus journey with. And, and, and so we had served at breakthrough and we poured our hearts out. And we prayed our guts out. And it's a long weekend. You get a lot of things at breakthrough. One of them is not sleep. And so at the very end of the weekend, we were literally laying on the floor in that 39th Avenue campus where some of you stayed in like the, the little bunk cabin area. And we were laying on the floor. I was so tired, I couldn't move. And I felt so alive poured out all weekend long, poured out emotionally, spiritually, caring for people, helping people, loving other people, dead, dog, tired, and so, so alive. That's not unique to John, that's, that's Bible. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, now for the first time I'm ready to come to you and, and I won't be burdensome to you for I don't seek what's yours, I, I, I want you. He said, for the, for the children ought to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And, and look at this verse 15, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Some of your parents are like, Oh, that's in the Bible? That's my life. God sees me. What is that? That's parenting language. Amen, parents? The more I love you, I'm spending and being spent for your souls. Oh, the more I love you, the less I'm, I hate you, mom. Like, where is that? That's Bible. It's in the Bible. God sees you, God knows. But your best self is your, is your sacrificial self. This is, this is Paul saying, Man, I'll, I'll do it with joy, I'll do it with gladness, why? Because it's the way of Jesus. The vision here at Greenhouse is we wanna help ordinary people become passionate followers of Jesus. You know, it's been very interesting watching, heartbreaking and interesting, watching the situation go down in in the Ukraine and as we have prayed as a church and continue to pray as as a church and a faith community, There's been some unique elements looking from like a, as like a little sociological experiment here. Um, I I have a mixed background. I'm I'm from a Jewish background and now I pastor at a Christian church, welcome to Greenhouse. And so I've got my dad's family who still, many of them are Jewish or Orthodox Jewish or, 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 you know, celebrating that way. And so I've got family members and friends from different political uh, affiliations, different ends of the left and right and all that, and, and different religious affiliations. And it's been an almost unanimous outpouring of wow to watch Ukrainian President Zelensky do his thing. Like I I, I saw this post. This was posted by like multiple family members who are very different politically. Both posted the same thing and were venerating it. The the Ukrainian president, you've probably seen this. He was offered by by the US um, government to be evacuated at the very beginning of things. Did you guys see this? They offered to like evacuate him. They were like, hey, you're gonna be target number one, you and your family, we wanna get you out. And, And so this is his response. He said, hey, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. How many of you saw that? Isn't that, that's like the most G statement I think any world leader has ever made in their life. I'm like, it's like the, the, the Terminator gone like government. I'm like, who is this dude? And I'm watching people on my social media feed and they're like, man, that's a leader. That's a, that's a man, that's, that's a, you know, and everybody, regardless of how you feel about whatever, you look at that and you're like, wow, why? Let I mean, really think about that for a second. Like, wh- why does that strike something deep within us? Because it's self-sacrifice. Because it's what Jesus did. Scripture tells us eternity is in the hearts of man. God's put these things in us where whether or not you have religious affiliation, God loves you and he's already working in your life. We, we resonate with this idea of Zelensky because there's something in us that realizes, man, that we were wired for that. Like think about the, the world leaders that we celebrate, that we venerate, everything from Mother Teresa to MLK. We look to these leaders that had a self-sacrificial love and concern for others, Because we realize that's the the zenith of the human expression. Like humanity at its best, self-sacrificial. Humanity at its best, giving for others. Humanity at its best realizes, man, I know me and my family might be in danger, but I'm gonna stand here with my people. And we're like, come on. Why? Because we know that's what we're wired for. Because it's the way of Jesus. it's the path of jesus it resonates so deeply because we know it's who we were meant to be now let me be clear and reiterate again so you don't miss what i'm saying i am adding this as a layer to a years-long conversation we have already been having. Self-care can be great. Healthy boundaries are absolutely necessary, but we also need to acknowledge that the idol of self is alive and well today, and it is being propped up as the pure and proper form of worship. And if we're not careful, we will be conformed to the pattern of this world. Are you tracking with me? Followers of Jesus, disciples, like how do disciples grapple with self-care because it better look different than the world? Because if it doesn't, you followed a path that's not the path of Jesus. Because your best self, it's your sacrificial self. The idol of self is alive and well today and it's actually being propped up as good and worthy of complete devotion and that is not what God says. Everybody take a breath. <sighs> like, okay, so how do I do this? Like, I, I, I don't want to overcorrect this. And, and we've all experienced it where you're just pouring out and pouring out and you're giving and giving and you've got family members or you've had bosses or you've had organizations or you have had your religious institutions that have just taken, 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 take and, and, and all of a sudden, you find yourself completely depleted and useless to everybody, including yourself. Like, how do I do this? You know how you do this? You bring your self-care plan to God. Last week, we talked about something about humans, which is that all humans are like what animal? Sheep. That almost sounded like I was gonna cuss, but I did not. All humans are like sheep, right? We are bad. I resisted the urge to do it. Psalm 23, we talked about last week, the need for repentance. Like we, we are not the good shepherd. We cannot, we're all like sheep, meaning with great intentions, a little fluffy, hey, we'll go all over, and we'll fall off a cliff. We need a good shepherd to give us guidelines. Here is the danger. Some of us have experienced abuses when it comes to bosses, abuses when it comes to family members, abuses when it comes to parents. And so we've decided, man, bump all of y'all. The only one who's gonna look out for me is me. And that's like a sheep trying to be their own shepherd. You're not going to lead yourself in paths of righteousness. you got to ask the good shepherd to lead. Here's what I'm praying we would do, friends. If you're watching online, if you're here in the room over in Guyana, that you would bring your self-care plan to God. Bring those boundaries to God. 1 Corinthians 6 says it like this. Paul says, do you not know your bodies, they're the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. Check this out. And you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Like, let me tell you the most un-American Bible verse you will ever hear. You are not your own. That flies so hard in the face of our culture which says, man, I'm gonna do what I want and I'm gonna do what feels good to me and I'm gonna do, like, you are not your, if you follow Jesus and if you don't follow Jesus, you're like, I am, I get it, but you're probably not leading your life in, in a way that Jesus can because he's better. But if you follow Jesus, you've already, you, you've, you've signed on the dotted line. You're like, Jesus, I used to run my life and I was really bad at it. Like, think about it for a second. When you were leading your own life, how did that go? Right? And if we're not careful, we'll take this aspect of things and we've surrendered to Jesus, but like a newspaper, we'll take the self-care section of the newspaper, we'll take it back and say, well, I'm 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 gonna run this one, Jesus. You got the other section, but it's not gonna turn out well. It's not gonna turn out well. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I get asked a question like, you know, okay, Pastor John, but is it really a sin to, and that's always the question, is it really a sin to go on trips like this or spend my money like this or spend my time like this? I'm like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. But that's not not actually the right question. If indeed we are not our own, we're bought at a price, the right question is, God, what would you like me to do with my time, with my energies, with my money, with my talents, with my trips, with my what have you? I love what God's doing in our microchurch right now. It's just been so cool. And, and I, I love these guys a lot. And I was having a conversation with a guy this week and we were texting back and forth. It was just like a normal, like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And, and then it turned into like, it was like a normal conversation that went into like a deep conversation. He's like, well, actually, you know, my mom's really been challenging me that, that I'm kind of selfish. I was like, oh, well, I'm actually preaching about that. So that's cool. And, and so I was like, hey, can we sit down and talk? And, and we sat down and and he's like, you know, I, I got started working early and I'm kind of type A, I'm a planner. Any planners out there? He's like, I'm a, I'm a planner. And so, you know, I've got my career goals and I've got my, you know, I've got my financial goals and I've got my, my aspirational goals and my 401k goals and my retirement goals and I'm, and I'm tracking towards those things. But my mom was like, well, you know, I, it just seems like you got a lot of you in there. And, and so I said, bro, I, I totally get it. Um, like, what's your generosity goal? He's like, ah, oh, I don't know. I was like, I'll be, I didn't have one either. Someone asked me that question, it floored me. I was like, you know, if, if the only goals that we have for ourselves are for ourselves, that should be a warning sign. It's not the path of Jesus. It's not the path of flourishing. Psalm 23, he, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Let me ask you a question. This is not for means of being a jerk. This is not an area, if I'm being very honest, that I thrive at on my own. This is an area where I'm like, Jesus, I'm a sheep, please lead me. Please lead me. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time, really think about it, that you did something that was truly serving? Meaning it was maybe something you didn't even want to do, but you knew it would be helpful for somebody else, and really the only thing you got out of it was that you blessed somebody and you got to glorify God. Matthew 10, Jesus described his MO in life and and he said it like this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus served, It's, it's the way of Jesus, it's the path of Jesus, which means as disciples of Jesus, we make his path, our path, and we follow him. And, and I fully acknowledge that this is not what the world says or does. And to be quite frank, it's, it's humbling how often I miss the mark. I, I remember, this is a little while ago, I, I had a chance to to take somebody to the airport, sort of one of those distant friend-of-a-friend situations, and and, and, and we're on the car and, and this is around the politics time and, and I care about people and I care about how policies impact people but I, I wasn't raised in a particularly political home and I'm not a particularly political person but they very much were. And so they were going and they were kind of like one candidate was like God's gift to humanity and the other one was like the devil incarnate and things are never that simple and they're never that easy and so I was like, oh. And, and, and so they were just going on and going on and I was, I was being polite on the outside but my heart was eye rolling. You know what I mean by that? And so I was like, yeah, and, you know, we got to the airport. And I was like, praise the Lord. You know, I'm suffering for the gospel. And, and we get out of the car. And the whole time, like, I wasn't mean. I was a jerk. I was very polite. But, but we, we kind of dropped, dropped the person off. I was like, yeah, have a great trip. And they went away. And, and I'm driving away and clear as day. I heard God speak to my heart. And he said, son, thank you so much for doing that. He said, I love her so much. It just meant so much to me that you would do that. And I felt so small because my heart was so off. And I realized that when it comes to serving, it's not about people, just people. It's about Jesus. And in that moment, I was like, God, I I repent. Like, Yeah, that's your daughter that you love. And I'm your son that loves you. And if I can do anything to say I love you back in a way that blesses and impacts other people, that's why I'm on this planet still. And I know what this world says. I, I know it. it's so strong. What, what's in it for me and, and what can I get out of it? And, and what, how is this gonna benefit my life? And the answer is simple. Here's what you get out of it, Jesus. You get more of Jesus. You get to know Jesus. You get in a situation where you're pouring out and you suffering and it's challenging and it's hard. And then you get to say, wow, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You get to walk with Jesus. Some of the most challenging moments of my life, some of the most deathly and emotionally moments of my life are simultaneously the moments where I felt the closest to Jesus ever. And I wouldn't trade it in the world, why? Because the way of Jesus is the way of, of self-sacrifice. And there are healthy boundaries and, and obviously there are, there are very unhealthy applications of this and there are abuses of this and you need to be wise, you need to be circumspect and don't do any of those things, but, but do not miss it. There has been an overcorrection. Like as a culture, we have certainly swung the pendulum and overcorrected when it comes to boundaries and self-care and followers of Jesus. Can I plead with you? Jesus still has the best plan for your life. Ask him, ask him because your best self is your sacrificial self. This isn't about greenhouse, we're not struggling, I'm not about to have Nancy come up and cry and say, please, can you help us there? Like, like this, is, this is about you, this is about a God who loves you, who has plans for your life, for life and life abundantly, but it's not gonna come when you jump on, take the wheel and say, I'm gonna look out for myself. It's gonna come the way it's always come when you say, Jesus, I'm yours, and I'm not my own, and I'm bought at a price, and I'll follow you wherever you send me, and I'll say whatever you want me to say, and I'll do whatever you want me to do, because you died for me and you love me more than anybody else and you have better plans than even I do for my own life. We're made in God's image and God so loved the world that he gave and our God is a missionary God and and we best glorify him when we join him on the mission. It's why we're here, it's what we're created for and the mission friends, it's not your comfort and the mission is not your convenience. And it's not your career aspirations and your 401k, not that any of that is bad, it's just not the mission. The mission is an awakening where a world realizes that there actually is a God who loves them so much that he gave and they're supposed to experience that through our lives and through our love, which in some ways will only come through self-sacrifice. It's the way of Jesus where we get high by going low. And humbling ourselves. Worship team can come up, I'm gonna close it here. Friends, you were made for the mission. Your family was made for the mission. We were created by God to join him in his redemption and rescue mission on this earth. I was reminded this week of the story of, of Elizabeth Elliot. How many of you are familiar with Jim Elliot, Elizabeth Elliot, okay, I'll catch us all up to speed here. Elizabeth Elliot is the wife since gone but she was the wife of Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot along with four other men went to an area in Ecuador, uh, far off in the remote jungles of Ecuador there was a tribe. They were a violent tribe. They were they had never been reached with the hope of Jesus and the gospel. They sort of functioned off this idea you do the best that you can and and so they had a heart commissioned by Jesus who said, go into all the world and preach the good news that there's a God who loves you and cares for you deeply. Jim Elliott went into, with, along with four other men, went into the jungles of Ecuador in 1965. No one had ever come back from that trip. And he went and on that trip, him and all the men who were with him were bl- brutally massacred and they were murdered. I watched a video that Michelle, our missions coordinator, sent over and and it was Elizabeth Elliot telling her story. And she said, you know, obviously I was, I was crushed and I was, I was heartbroken and I was distraught like any widow would be. We had a young child, our, our, you know, our daughter was a baby. Now she has no father on earth at least. And she said, but Jim and I were in it together. We were on the mission together and we sent him off full knowing the possibilities of what might happen. And so she said, I, I wasn't particularly courageous in the moment, but I just uttered a simple prayer. I said, God, I'm still here. And if there's anything you want me to do, let me know." She said, and it didn't take long, God spoke to my heart and He said, actually, I want you to go. And so Elizabeth Elliot took her infant daughter and went back to the jungles of Ecuador to go and attempt to love and minister to the very people who had murdered her husband months earlier. And as you can imagine as they found out the scenario they were so stunned that they didn't kill her they said we want to keep you around and know why you would do this and she's saying through tears this is her probably in her 80s she said you know i remember this moment that i was sitting in 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 these huts we're out in the village and at that point my my daughter and i had been accepted as a member of the community and we're here in this village and and I'm hearing this man singing early in the morning before the sun comes up and he's singing in his native dialect, the praises of Jesus. And in that moment, I sense God's presence more than any other moment of my life as I felt what it was like to walk in the way of Jesus and a God who so loved the world that he gave what was most precious to him so that someone else could experience life and flourishing. I realize if you're watching that you're not a Jesus follower, you're like, that is crazy. Who would do that? Only someone who experienced something so utterly real and life transforming that it actually made sense. And for those of us who follow Jesus, can, can I just exhort you? Can I just plead you to remember? Jesus rescued us because he so loved us. We are part of the world that God so loved, but we are not the only part of the world. And as long as we are still on this earth, we have a calling that yes, means that Jesus came and He's he gives an easy yoke and a light burden. I'm not saying you just go and burn yourself out and be unwise. And ha- What I'm saying is there has gotta be a measure of the heart of God and the heart of compassion and a heart of love for others that moves and motivates you to say, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And wherever you want me to go, I'll go it. And whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. And I don't care how I look and I don't care how I sound and I don't care what happens, God, I love you and I love other people and if you want life and life abundantly it only comes when you say yes to Jesus when you say yes to his lordship in every area, it's time and it's talents and it's career and it's finances where you say, Lord, here's our plans for for how we're structuring our lives as a family when it comes to all the different events that the kids have. Is this what you want us to do? Then we'll be missional there. Lord, here's our plans for what church looks like on the weekend and what microchurch looks like during the week, is this what you want? Okay, then we'll do it with all of our hearts. Lord, here's our plan for how we're spending our lives and how we're structuring our finances and how we're doing all of that, that you would make Jesus Lord over it all because he knows And if you're in the room or watching online and you profess to know and claim to follow Jesus, our God who is a missionary God invites you and I to join him on the adventure that is his mission. Can I plead with you, follow him wholeheartedly in every area, make him Lord. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, can I appeal to you this morning, the gospel of this world, it it sounds so good, but it's not true. We've run the experiment. and At this point, we've run the experiment over and over and over again. True satisfaction is not found in what you can get and how much you can amass and how much you can collect and how noteworthy you could seem to other people. It is found in being fully known and fully loved and that is only found in Jesus. And I'm praying that even this morning you would say yes to him. He loves you. His plan is best. Would you join me as we pray? Lord, right now, I'm asking that by your spirit, you would You would begin to move on our hearts. Jesus, your way is the best way and your path is the best path and the best place that we could be is wherever you call us. Whether that's in the jungles of Ecuador or on the FIU campus or in the middle of our jobs, in a public school, in the middle of the law office that we work, cleaning up the floors as a custodian, Lord, whatever your plan and path is, it's the best path, and that's where we wanna be. I, I wanna give us this morning collectively to, to respond and really renounce what, you know, the Bible talks about idols and sort of demystify that principle. It used to be actual little stone representations, but But it's basically anything that becomes to a place of prominence above God, anything that you are giving your utmost worship and devotion and sacrifice for. And and I wanna give us this morning an opportunity to reject the idol of self. It is the core idol of our world. How impressive can I be on social media? How big can my business be for my own notoriety? How much money can I amass for my situation? How much in every area of life, the core idol or one of them is self. I wanna give us an opportunity to surrender and surrender again maybe to Jesus as Lord. Say, Jesus, you're the Lord, you're Lord of my life. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, before you leave this morning online, you can make that decision right there in the room before you go, we'd love to talk with you about that. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, you can surrender to him today to make them Lord of of your time, Lord of your talents, Lord of your stuff, of your resources, of your money. Well, I wanna close and we're just gonna close it simply with Zach and a guitar and I wanna call us to a time where we can sing and surrender once again. So why don't we stand to our feet? And If you're online, I encourage you to join us for that. Don't don't click off just yet. And in a second, I'll give us a chance to respond and we'll have our prayer partners, but, but let's respond here with our hearts.
1: Everything and nothing less My best, my all You deserve my every prayer My life, my song Everything and nothing less my bliss, my all You deserve it all You deserve my every day My life, my song See I surrender all you yeah. I surrender, I surrender all to me. oh and I surrender I surrender all to you sing it again and I surrender I surrender all
0: So here's how I'd like us to close. If I could get some of our prayer partners to line the front here. I was talking with a a friend before service this morning, actually, and they said, you know, I I really felt convicted by God's spirit about some specific areas in my life, and I was just going to try to do it on my own, and but I was in microchurch and I was like, man, I I trust these guys, we broke out into these smaller groups and I trust these men and so I just kinda invited them in and shared it and there's just something that happens when you take what God reveals that's been holding you back in the darkness and you bring it into the light. I'm not sure what, what we just sang means for you specifically, I don't know all of you in that way, but he does and if you sense god tugging you in a specific area and maybe you don't yet i'd encourage you to continue this song and this prayer as we go through the week like lord i, I mean it i surrender everything you show me areas that i, I need to shift in and i want to follow your path and your plan for my flourishing because you'll design it way better than i will but if god's highlighted something in this moment whether you're on the line you could online you could request prayer online if you're here in the room before you go and we're going to go out and uh, you know have time to hang out and all these things I would encourage you to come forward and ask for some prayer. This group here, I mean, this is my mom, so I know her really well, but I know this whole group and and they're incredible. They love Jesus. They're normal people. They're not going to judge you, but they will love you and they'd love to pray for you. And I'd encourage you before you go, if God's working on your heart to, to come forward and receive prayer. Let me pray for us and we'll dismiss. Jesus, you're good. You're the good shepherd. And Lord, you don't highlight aspects in our lives to shame us or you want us to feel bad about ourselves or because you need us to know how far off the mark we've fallen you know all of those things and, and if we're being honest we're, most of us are in touch with our own failings to some degree as well but you highlight those things because you love us and you have a path for flourishing that you've designed for us to walk in lord we want to walk in your path jesus we want to follow your lead the son of man who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Lord, help us, give us grace to follow in the footsteps and in the path and in the way of Jesus. The suffering servant, the sacrificial lamb, the one that was gentle and lowly of heart. Lord, I pray a blessing over your people. God, would you bless them and keep them, make your face shine upon them, be gracious to them, lift up your countenance upon them and give them your shalom, shalom, perfect peace in Jesus' name, amen.